0: just go to
1: cars.com. It's magical.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 69th episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast on thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets, on com. Jeremy Gordon here, and today we have a very nice episode, Michael Brown. We got our head coach, finally.
1: It's about time, man. It's, um, woo! I'm excited. I'm, today's been a very wide range of emotions type of day. A lot of anger earlier in the day, earlier in the day. Uh, But now it's starting to sink in that you and I both, at least a couple weeks ago when we did a show, loved the idea of Steven Silas as a head coach. And now we have him.
0: Yes, I was I was listening to that episode back right before we came on, and just to kind of you know remember what our uh, you know what we said about him in the past to kind of bring up in case we decided to bring it up in this podcast. But lo and behold, yes, Stephen Silas is going to be the newest head coach of the Houston Rockets, and. That, to me, puts a smile on my face. You know, I know a lot of people are not entirely familiar with Steven Silas. He's not a household name yet, but I think Houston might uh, put him into some households. You know, 20 years, uh, an assistant around the league uh, with stops in Charlotte, uh, Golden State, Cleveland, Washington, D.C., and most recently in Dallas to name uh, his previous stops, but we were talking about him uh, when we were putting all the coaching candidates under the microscope, and you know we we had some real good things to say about him. The only thing that we really knocked on Mike was uh, his lack of head coaching experience. But he'll get that head coaching experience with the Rockets.
1: He certainly will. This we get caught up in immediate reactions from people, right? Like people either say that they hate it, they love it. I really like the hire, but I think we would be wrong if we say that this is, not, this is, a, this is a ballsy hire for the front office for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, ballsy, I should, better term for that is risky. This is a very risky hire. When you bring in a guy who has never been the head coach in an NBA basketball game before, you've got to be nervous if you're a Rockets fan about how is he going to assimilate with a uh, veteran-laden roster, right? It's a, totally different if he goes and he coaches a team like the Hornets, right, where they're bringing in multiple draft picks every year. The Rockets aren't doing that. The Rockets have their core in Harden, Westbrook, Gordon, Tucker, Covington. Um, so I'm excited, you know, this was one of two guys, if they would have hired, I would have been okay with, and I'm, I'm very okay with this hire. I like it.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I said that out of all the coaching candidates that we discussed, the only person I would have wanted more than Stephen Silas was Sam Cassell. And Sam Cassell, although there was interest there, he never interviewed for the job. Stephen Silas, out of all of the candidates that did interview for the position, he was the one I wanted the most. So I'm very happy. And I think it's important to, uh, to listeners to remind them why we're, we're happy with this hire. So Dal- he most recently was Rick Carlisle's assistant in, in, uh, in Dallas. Rick Carlisle, as you've said in the past, Mike, one of the top five head coaches in the league. And the number one most efficient offense in the NBA last season. That is the reason why... You hired Silas over Van Gundy. That was the edge that he had over Van Gundy. And he was able to appeal to the current Rockets roster. And that's why he was uh, offered the position today.
1: Yeah, I I do. I am very curious as to what happened with Van Gundy. Um, I think part of it had to do with the fact that Maury
0: is no longer there. I do. Yeah, it's...
1: It's, it's very peculiar to me. This – now, take this for what, for what it's worth. My opinion on why we saw the news of Steven Silas today is directly tied to a former general manager of the Rockets also being in the news today. Th- this is not a coincidence, at least in my, in my eyes. No,
0: yeah, and honestly – it- it makes me think that they've known that it's going to be Steven Silas
1: now for a little while. This was damage control today for me. That it's 100% they've been in the news way too much for negative things that they want they wanted some sort of positive vibes going through mm-hmm. their franchise.
0: In strategic communications, you always want to end on a high note and the fact that they were able to strategically place this, I think the whole Daryl Morey saga, I don't want to get too much into that today. Obviously, it's a, it, it's good for Daryl Morey, very happy for him. Obviously, it raises more questions, and we'll go into detail more sometime next week on our next couple of shows uh, to fully give it uh, some discussion. But I do want to focus more of today on... Silas hire, and yes, I do think that it was very strategic, very calculated the way that this news trickled out. You know, we'd been sitting on our hands for weeks now, kind of like, okay, when are you gonna hire someone? Okay, like any day now, and now you get not just one, but two huge stories in the span of you know, four hours. And, you know, that that's how that's how news works. That's sometimes it's a it's a crazy business. But um, I'm I'm certainly glad that it ended on a high note today with Silas. Um, but, yeah, so let's figure out how Stephen Silas is going to coach this team. Let's try Let's try to dis, to dissect this a little bit. So obviously a more offensive minded coach, uh, he's coached a lot of. Uh, very successful point guards, Uh, Luca, Kemba Walker, Steph Curry for his rookie year. So he has that niche. That's kind of his niche. And, you know, I think what's appealing of bringing a guy like Silas on, you don't have just one extremely super talented point guard. You
1: have two. Mm -hmm. Well, Well, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. I was just going to... Say you're you're 100% right. Of course I am. But anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Steven, Sil- let's try
0: to figure out how, like, what the pitch was like. So you're asking Steven Silas, hey, Steven Silas, if you're going to be the Rockets coach, what are you going to do differently to help us, you know, stay in contention and to get over this hump that we've been
1: kind of stuck at for the last couple of years? There's two similarities. Uh, not similarities. There's two things that stick out with what he would have responded with number one a lot of players have put luka Doncic into the category of a james harden right very creative ball dominant can get to the hole whenever he wants uh going to be a superstar in this league here is a superstar in this league uh <laughs> never won a playoff series though um so that's one part is that he had and he's coached Kemble walker he's coached steph curry before all these guys ball dominant superstar guards in this league James Harden and Russell Westbrook fall into that category I am very intrigued though that the Dallas Mavericks had something that the Rockets did not have this year and that's a superstar big man in Kristaps Porzingis Mm -hmm. I think this move definitively proves that the Rockets are going in a different direction
0: yes but It's also not an entire – it's not a 180-degree shift. It's maybe a a 10-degree shift. I don't think the shift that they're making is going to be super drastic. No. If you look at – so two teams last year made 15 or more threes uh, in a game, right? Houston, number one. Dallas, number two. So I think that the three-point barrage is something that's here to stay. I don't think that's going anywhere. I think the Rock, and I think that's part of the reason why uh, they were okay with making that that change to Silas because he believes in the three-ball just as much as the Rockets do. So that's that's a positive sign. I think I like the fact that the Rockets are very three-heavy. Um, I wish they would put better shooters on the, fo- on the floor. Maybe that's what they'll do during the offseason. but that part of the Rockets' offensive identity is not going to change.
1: I agree. I, I'm speaking more of they're going to get at least one big. Last year, Dallas played with Porzingis, and they also had, they played part of the year with Willie Colley Stein. Uh, I'm trying to think, they had somebody else. I can't Why remember. Powell? Powell. Yeah. So they're, they're going, I, I believe the Rockets will not go into next season without playing a legitimate center. I think that part is going to change. I think the three ball is here to stay because it makes sense. Like the league shoots more, more threes now than they have at any other point in their existence. The three ball is not going away because it's simply just a smarter shot.
0: And the Rockets uh, were part of that, part of that push in that direction.
1: uh, Yeah. And I will tell you this as, as just a a fan, not a podcaster, not a, not in anything, just as a fan, the number one reason why I love this move is because you're bringing a sense of youth into the organization. Mm -hmm. He's not young. I mean, he's not 25, but he's a guy that he's not a Jeff Van Gundy. He's not a Nate McMillan. He's not a stand-in gundy. He's, he's not got
0: a- 20 years left
1: of coaching in him I feel like, oh, I mean, but, but he's young. He brings a sense of vibrancy into the head coaching position, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's incredibly important, and you made, you've made great points before um, about you know guys like Nick Nurse, uh, guys like Steve Kerr when he got his job, uh, Steve Nash, like this just brings a sense of excitement. Like, you, you've never seen him coach an NBA game before. Yeah. And I think he has the potential to unlock an even better version of Harden, an even better version of Russell Westbrook. But I think they made this move, PR number one, but they also felt a sense of urgency that, holy crap, you know, training camps could probably going to open in about a month. Free agency could be here in two weeks. we got to get this going because they still have – I'm going to say that a plethora of moves to make before the season starts. Mm-hmm. And the way that I see it is, is
0: Silas is just. I think that he. The Rockets went into this very carefully. They treaded with caution. They wanted to make sure everyone was on board with this. And I'm glad that their conclusions came to Stephen Steven Silas because it. It's it's to me, it's the right hire. I, I give this hire an A. Like if we're if if we're grading this paper, I give it an A. Because there's a lot of things I, I think that he is going to I think he's going to I think that excuse me. I think the Rockets have done their homework, their due diligence. Uh they've taken their time with this decision. They haven't made, you know, and look, maybe Steven Silas wasn't their first choice. Maybe it was Doc Rivers, or maybe it was uh, Ty Lu. Maybe, you know, maybe it was one of those guys, and they just, you know, struck out on them. But Steven Silas is not, you know, a consolation prize. He is worthy of a job as a head coach in the NBA, and I'm glad that it's with Houston, because I really think that he is going... I think the Rocket... This kind of reminds me of the time when the Rockets, um, in 2016-17, D'Antoni's first year, where the Rockets are kind of seen as, okay, guys, this might be it for the Rockets, going to take him with the shed. But they proved the league wrong. And Harden, there was like a revitalization with Harden's career, and the team outperformed. Look, I think if you look at the Rockets, people are going to – put them as maybe the fifth or the sixth best team in the in the West, maybe seven. Um, but I think with Steven Silas at the helm, it could be surprising because I think what's going to happen is he's going to figure out a way to have Russ and Harden coexist in a way that they hadn't be- done before. But in a way that not only brings the best out of the two of them, but allows them to play in a way that, benefits Covington, benefits PJ Tucker, benefits Ben McLemore. Get the guys around them to contribute. Because not only is... Like, the way the Mavericks were built, like, it wasn't just Luca. Like, Luca was the, you know, the straw, and he stirred the drink. But that team had a lot of... A lot of contributors. It wasn't just Luca Ball. Like, it was... It was a balanced offense. Like they won some games where, um, you know, Porzingis wasn't even in the game. Uh, you know, they had guys like Tim Hardaway, guys like uh, you know Dorian Finney-Smith came on to really be a huge part of that offense. You had uh, Seth Curry. So like I think that I think that Dallas, like the way that Dallas was built and the, the way they were. Going and the way they are going right now, I like the direction. And it's nice that Houston could potentially have part of that uh, train of thought. Because if that's the case, I like, I like that direction for the Rockets.
1: Yeah, I, I won't give it an A. I'll give it a B. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a, a solid B. Um, I mean, B's a good grade. B's a good grade. B, B is a totally fine grade. It's not an A for me for the simple fact that he's never coached an NBA game before. And for me, it, this is a B with, with a really high ceiling. I mean, an A-plus ceiling. Because there's a lot of things that I like about him. We also have to remember that, yes, he's been with Dallas. Uh, he's been with, with Charlotte. He has a lot of coaching experience. But... We have to be cautiously optimistic here because there's a lot of work left to do before the season starts. And I'm very intrigued as to what type of impact he's going to have on the roster because there's a lot of huge... I mean, let's look at it from an X's and O's you know, standpoint, if that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. You have Gordon under contract. You have Harden under contract. You have uh, Covington under contract. You have Tucker for one more year. And you have uh, – who am I forgetting? You have your five guys locked up. Mm -hmm. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. But you're going to have to probably replace Austin Rivers. You're probably going to have to replace – you still have Daniel House, whether he plays another game for you, to be determined. Uh, Tyson Chandler is probably going to be gone. Uh, Ben McLemore, you're going to have to guarantee his option. You have to fill out, I mean, a good portion of your bench – You know, is Eric Gordon going to be a Houston Rocket game one next year? I don't know. So he has a lot of questions to answer. But I think for his first major move, Rafa Stone did a pretty good job with this hire. I I am certainly not upset with the hire.
0: Yeah. Well, now that we have an idea as to who is going to be leading this team and the philosophy that they have. So, like, for instance, if Jeff Van Gundy was hired today. I I would tell you, I would see the Rockets going in a completely different direction than the one they are probably going in with Steven Silas. And so I think what you're going to see now is, now that we, like, we can make educated guesses as to what this team is going to do uh, personnel-wise. For, like, last, like, before the Silas hire it was just taking a shot in the dark because you have no idea who the coach is going to be. If honestly, if John Lucas was a coach, you might as well run it back, but uh, it's Steven Silas. So what I would do, I'm going to like, I think if we look at how Dallas is built, like you mentioned earlier, you think that the Rockets are going to get it big. And I think that those chances are a little more likely now than they were before today, because now that we know where Steven Silas has come from, and the stops that he's been in, and I'd call Dallas probably the most successful uh, of those stops. I know that doesn't sound very uh, promising, considering the fact Dallas did not win a playoff series while he was there, but I think that that's... I think... I don't think that's much of an issue to me. Like, he's been in a He's been a lot of developmental projects. Um, I mean, he was on the 2007 Warriors team that beat the Mavericks, so... But it seems like every time that Silas has stopped somewhere in his career, he's had a good shooter there. And, like, an offense that prides itself on shooting. So I think that the Rockets are going to improve their shooting.
1: I hope they do. I, I think they certainly need to surround Harden and Westbrook with as much talented shooting as they can but one big question that's going to resolve around this hire is how much coaching do you think Silas is actually going to do you know I think the two sides of the coin are one side of the coin is you know be a hard ass in practice and you know forcing you know these guys to work on their fundamentals every day and the other side is managing egos can he have a healthy balance of both because let's be honest We've said this before, and I guess I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think Frank Vogel is a perfect example in L.A. I think he was there more as a... Facilitator, game manager. Ego manager, an ego stroker for the guys that are already there. LeBron was coaching that team. Anthony Davis was right there with him. James Harden is going to be the general on the floor alongside of Russell Westbrook. Silas needs to implement... Just enough to tweak the system, but also sitting back and letting his guys just play the game. that They play at a very high level together. The Rockets play the game of basketball at a very high level. Yes, they haven't won a title, but that doesn't take away from what they've accomplished the past five years. Mm-hmm. That's why I question what Silas's role is really going to be with this roster.
0: Yeah, because it is very... Th- that's the one part of Silas that we knocked was... Um, and we talked about developmental hires versus um, mm-hmm. contender hires. And the w- reason why Stephen Silas is a good hire is because he's a little bit of both. He's a hire that you make to help this team develop because the team is not fully developed. We They need a little bit more development. And... Then, like, but you're also in a contention window. And Steven Silas, with all due respect, has not really been in a situation during his career where he's been in a position to contend. So that is a bit of an obstacle that I'm sure they will um, overcome. But to me, like, Silas has always been around teams that are not looking for a championship. So that is, in a way, a little bit of a concern. And maybe that will change his philosophy. Maybe he'll look at the Rockets um, and treat them like a team that's not going to win the championship. And that might be a good thing, because then that might be that little bit of a push that the Rockets need to get to where they need to be. Because the Rockets, they believe they can win a championship, which is is nice, like, it's nice, but can they really win a championship with the current, you know, makeup of the team? And the answer, as seen in the second-round series of the Lakers, is no. But maybe this team, under the right set of eyes, under the right guidance, if, and now it's up to the players. The players got to buy in. The players got to buy into the system, and if they can then I like the Rockets' chances a lot better in 2021
1: than I did before today. I would like to think, and I'm going to assume this, and with some of the decisions made in the front office within the past year, this may be a little bit of a leap, but I don't think it is. The one thing that gives me hope about this hire is that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are on board. You, I don't think you make an, a hire like this without that approval.
0: Yeah, so that – I agree. I don't think that – and I think maybe that's part of the reason why this hire has taken so long is because they were waiting to get everyone's approval, uh, waiting for everyone's guy. And sure. I like that – from what I've seen on Twitter, this is very um, – This is very much like it's a well-received hire. I think I think for the most part, Red Nation seems to be very happy with this. Um, You know, I think they were very frustrated uh, with the news with Daryl Morey, but now I think uh,
1: people are really excited. It's because it's it's an exciting hire. You know, overall, it's it's a hire that you can you and i and and you know people around the water cooler and at the bar can speculate what is this guy going to do because i think it's i don't think he's going to flop i don't think he's 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 a guy that his makeup would reflect that he has the potential of flopping as a head coach i just don't see it mm-hmm. but i want everybody to be very cautious that this, is, this was vital to get this piece in place, but there's a whole lot of work for this front office in the next six weeks. And if they play their cards right, they can build a championship contender. And I know last year people were talking about, you know, that you know, they weren't good enough to beat the Lakers, yada, yada, yada. I, I remind you, not you, but our listeners, that they did beat L.A. in, in game one lost Game 2 by 10, and lost their sixth man for the rest of the series, and then they get blown out by the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think that series would have been a lot closer given Daniel House's presence. But in the past, congratulations to the Lakers, won their championship. Let's talk to systems because – Yeah. Oh, God, absolutely. I'm excited about some news I've just seen within the past hour.
0: Yeah. So putting a first-time head coach – In the head coaching chair is very uh, daunting, very ballsy, like we've mentioned, but it might be a little bit better if you put experienced guys on his staff. And it looks like, Mike, that's what uh, the Rockets are going to do. Or that's what Steven Silas is planning on doing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Some of the names, you want to discuss some of the names we've seen? it. Okay. The first being one of my favorite individuals to ever want play basketball, period. And that is Rafer, Skip to my Lou, Alston. Skip! Uh, okay. If th- I think that's in reference to Skip Bayless, or Shannon Sharp and Skip, Skip Bayless, is. which is one of Bail. the worst shows on television. Uh, that is Wrong. one of the worst. Wrong. It's awful. Um, you and I both have a love of former NBA point guards in positions of coaches. Um, Rafer Alston would, would be fun, man. Like, he's a hire that you're just like, okay, okay, yes, yes, I like it.
0: Yes, look, I wasn't necessarily, you know, look, Rafer Alston's never coached in his NBA career. Let, let's get that first. Having him in Houston would be nice. I think that would, uh, that would excite some of the fans. Um, and that would help, yes, getting a point guard in there. Cause he, when he was in Houston and during his whole career, for the most part, he was a guy that, you know, he was very methodical in his, I remember when he was playing, like thinking that he'd be a coach someday. So Mm -hmm. it'd be nice to get him as uh, a coach, but I don't like, that's what, uh, you know, former dream shake, uh. Contributor Kelly Eco, now at the, who is now at the Athletic, excuse me. Um, he reported that a little bit earlier. But also, uh, hearing some news out of, um, I believe it's, I saw it from, uh, Tim McMahon, but I also think John, uh, Jonathan Fagan, uh, has, has some stuff on the Chronicle, and he says that they're looking at some former head coaches as. Um, assistants, two in particular, uh, Jeff Hornacek and Nate McMillan, former Pacers head coach.
1: Yeah. Very uh,
0: interesting. Both, yeah, both on total different levels.
1: Yeah. The, the idea of adding Jeff Hornacek to the coaching staff makes me want to vomit. Um, I would hate that higher. Uh, I'm. It's a waste of a spot to me. I don't... What makes you excited? Jeff Hornacek
0: is the shot, but um, Nate McMillan is the chaser.
1: Yeah. It depends on... Yeah. I mean, okay, would you... Two-part question to you. Would you be excited of a hiring of Jeff Hornacek? Uh, And if so, why?
0: Well, Jeff Hornacek is not being the... Is not the lead assistant. I think the plan would be... To bring in Nate McMillan as the lead assistant and he take care of the defense as one of the greatest defensive coaches in the league, and then have Hornacek work on the offense with Steven Silas. If that, look, if they get Steven Silas and Nate McMillan, uh, that might be the best combination out of any uh, oh. anything that Houston could have gotten, in my opinion. I'm with it. Better than Doc and Sam Cassell. Oh no! I, I truly believe that. I truly, truly believe that. Honestly, Mike, I'm here to say this: with Doc Rivers as the head coach, it just would not have worked. I'm so It maybe have may have kept Daryl Morey on a little bit longer, but I just, to me, I, I'm much more happier with Silas. I just think Doc Rivers is, you know, he he can't. He gets himself stuck. And I like that there's fresh blood. Doc Rivers wouldn't have necessarily been fresh blood, you know? No. There's a freshness here. Something that none of the other coaches in the coaching search really had. This is a sign of change. This is a sign of this is the new Rockets era. And let's, you know, this is not the same old Rockets.
1: Well, Rivers would have been... Change too. I mean, as a new head coach, I'm just
0: much like to me. me, I think that steven Silas is the perfect like. This is why I've wanted him since the beginning. I think he's the perfect blend of everything you want in a coach right now. He's got a an offense that is uh historic. That that Mavericks offense last year, historic is the word to use to describe them. That's number one. Number two, he's a good mix between someone who can develop. Versus someone who can also contend. That's also number two. And number three, he's got a he, the little bit of youth. A little bit of, you know, sometimes it's good to have, not necessarily have the most experienced person in the room, but someone that is going... I think also, as it's his first head coaching position, he's going to try his damnedest. Like, I feel like with Doc Rivers and, and all, like, not to say that Doc Rivers won't try or anything like that, but, like... I feel like Steven Silas is just, he's good for the players because he'll listen to the players, but he's also not going to give the players total control. He's going to challenge Harden and Westbrook to look at the game differently than they have before. And they are strong at threes. If they bring in Nate McMillan, I tell you that is, they, the Rockets will have one of the best coaching staffs in the league. I truly believe it. Nate McMillan did a great job in Indiana. They overperformed every year he was there. The fact that they got rid of him was uh, very unfortunate, uh, and he shouldn't have been let go. If he comes to Houston, Mike, I'm telling you, it's, it's, I'm telling you, the Rockets will be back in the top three in the West. I truly believe it. I think this is, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I really like the Rockets' chances with a Silas-McMillan combination. And if Jeff Hornacek's there, that means uh, there's going to be shooting, Um, they're going to implement shooting into the offense a little bit more and hopefully they get guys that can shoot the ball. I I really like it. I love this direction. The Rockets are going in it and it almost makes it almost erases the pain from earlier today. It doesn't fully, but I'm really happy. I'm really happy with this. And I, and I urge red nation to be really happy with this because this is, this is pretty big.
1: Well, it's not I'm going to present the counter argument because I think it's important to give both sides of the, the argument here, right? Present the, the counter argument. Rain on all of our parades. Well, I'm not raining on our parades. I'm, I'm trying to put it, I'm trying to compartmentalize how I feel about this hire because number one, you can, you can say, not you can say, it's a fact that Silas led one of the greatest offenses in the history of basketball with the Mavericks. It also got them beat in the first round of the playoffs. Because they didn't uh, defend out of a paper bag. Correct. And that's why a hiring of Nate McMillan I would love. Because if you look at Nate McMillan's defensive rankings with the Pacers, between six, 2016 and, and this past year, lowest ranking of, was 15th in the league and the highest ranking was 6th. But the Indiana Pacers never sniffed a conference finals or an NBA finals. Now, if you take. They, all, would, they, they weren't talented enough. The
0: Rockets have the talent to go deep. They have the offensive. They, and they have the defensive ability to go deep. We saw in the bubble that their defense was at uh, one of the, like, the best defense the Rockets have played in the D'Antoni era,
1: era was in the bubble. There's no doubt about that. And that's why I'm saying that a combination of, of McMillan and Silas, I love. I'm with you. I love it. However, if you give me the option of a Cassell and Rivers, I'm taking Cassell and Rivers every single day of the week. However, not possible. So I, I, I do like the hire. I still don't rate it as high as a Rivers and a Cassell, and they've got somebody else that they hired there too. Um, but from the, the list of names from Fagan, you know, the, he did name uh, – what is it, John Lucas? Um... Yeah, so
0: what it looks like to me is we're looking at a potential. So let's say they have, they, let's say they bring out five assistants
1: mm-hmm.
0: like they had last year. It's Silas at the top, John Lucas. I, I assume that John Lucas is going to get some kind of raise because I don't see how you can, um, like, almost give the guy the head job. And then just say, oh, sorry, <laughs> you're going to have to do what you did last year. Because I, I think, don't think John Lucas don't recognizes ever- now that he's probably not going to be a head coach again. So I think it's important to at least give him a raise. I think that they will. Um, if, he, if he wants to stay, maybe he won't want to stay because he feels a little bit uh, gypped that he didn't get the head coaching position. But So you're looking at potentially John Lucas... Nate McMillan, and uh, Jeff Hornisek. If they bring in For Alston, they bring in for Alston. I don't know how his relationship is with Steven Silas. Um, but we'll see. I mean, look, the, the thing about Steven Silas is also a good hire is he has the lineage in the league with um, with his dad being Paul Silas. Um, also, first of all, how, how many father-son... Uh, pairings have both been head coaches in the NBA.
1: Uh, the list is pretty short. Like, it's if, not, yeah, it's not a very long list. If there's anybody else, the, the list of assistants that you just named, I'm with, except Jeff Hornisek, purely out of a, he was never successful as a head coach. And he also was a major part of those Utah Jazz teams that I have a deep hatred for. So this hatred is completely biased uh, in that aspect, but he was never a good head coach. Like that, that assistant hire would be questionable at best. Like if you're going to do that, I'd rather you bring in a guy like Alston, um, who that would get me excited. You know, to give a guy who has ties to your organization a start in his coaching career, and learning under a guy like Nate McMillan, you can't do much better. I mean, Nate McMillan has been a fixture in this league for a long time. Um, I'll throw out another name. If, if, what do you think about the potential of, of adding a guy like Vernon Maxwell, if he had interest? Oh, yes. You don't, have to, you, don't have to, you don't have to ask me twice, yes. You know, I, I think that's a guy that uh, well, I got to look at yes. his Twitter. See if he was a, a, a favor, you know, favorable to Silas. Because I know Mad Max has been very outspoken um, you know, with his feelings towards his coaching hire. Uh, but that's a guy that I would look at. Those are the types of guys I'd like to fill out this assistant pool with. One of the huge problems I had with D'Antoni was his assistant sucked. Like, let, let's call it what it is. Overall, it was not a good assistant coaching uh, pool at the time of being assistant coaches with the Rockets. If you bring in a guy like Nate McMillan, that is instantly better than any one of the assistant coaches we had last year on the roster. Yes? Yeah. So then you have your defensive coordinator. Then you say, okay, you have four more spots. If Lucas wants to say, great hire. Three spots left, fill it out with guys that bring some fire some passion to the coaching staff that would, right for Alston and Mad Max, fit that mold to a T.
0: Here's another idea that hasn't been thrown out yet, but I think uh, makes some sense. Carl Malone. No, absolutely not. Um, but what about Gary Payton?
1: Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Oh my God! Like, I would love. What about game. Gary Payton? I,
0: look, I'm not saying like there's no reports that say Gary Payton is linked to the Rockets, but Gary Payton did say in an article recently um, that he was interested in coaching again or coaching first. You know, it'd oh. be his first job. Um, I'd expect him uh, maybe to take a job with uh, its potential. Uh, potentially, the Miami Heat could take him. You know, he 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 knows Pat Riley well. Um, D- Dan Craig just left to go uh, to the Clippers, so it makes sense there. Um, they there's an opening, but I, just imagine like Gary Payton defensively coaching Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Oh,
1: dude! If they hire Gary Payton, I will send you a fruit basket.
0: Okay, a That's fruit a- basket. Yeah, a fruit. Oh, basket. I really hope they hire Gary Payton now. <laughs>
1: Assorted fruit basket. I'm looking at... Edible looking, arrangements. Yeah, I'm looking at it's a... Not a, sponsored a podcast, by the way. But a, a recent comment from Gary Payton. Look, there, there's not many guys in the, in the history of this league that were as tough as Gary Payton. Gary Payton was a tough SOB. Um, I, I would love it. I would give that an A, an a higher. Because he brings that mentality to the team of, you're not, you're not going to be tougher than us. Like, we are going to fight you from minute one to minute 48 every single night. Because he won't let them not be. But those are the, these are the types of guys, Gary Payton, uh, Vernon Maxwell, guys they should be looking at to put onto the, the end of this coaching tree, if you will. Uh, the assistant pool, I should say. Man, that's a good call by you. I love me some Gary Payton. Bring in Sean Kemp. Like, anybody from that team. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. Oh, a fun team. Um,
0: but this one, like, what I'm saying is the benefit of having Steven Silas is that he's so well-connected around the league mm-hmm. that he knows guy. Like, if he brings – like, I don't think him and Nate McMillan have ever coached together. Like, I don't think their their paths have really crossed. Um, although, maybe, maybe it's possible that Nate McMillan uh, was with the Sonics um, and Paul Silas was also with the Sonics. Maybe that's how they're, like, connected, I guess. I mean, Paul Silas played for the Sonics um, and Nate McMillan played for the Sonics, but they were, you know, it was different times. So... Uh, okay so like but that's the thing like it doesn't look to me like i'm looking at Nate McMillan's uh history right here it doesn't appear that the two of them have had any overlap in their careers but the fact that they've been you know you know he's been in a he's been a coach since 99 just like uh Stephen Silas so they've obviously gone against each other um over 20 years now so for them to join forces it's kind of cool. I think that Steven Silas is going to put guys around him that are very experienced so that when he does get into those tricky situations, he's got backup. So, like, for instance, like when Steve Kerr became the head coach for the first time, uh, granted, a little bit of a different situation considering Steve Kerr had no prior coaching experience, period. But when he, was, when he became the head coach of the Warriors... Um, I believe that team, um, I'm trying to like, look at his, um, coaches from that first year. Um, but I know like Mike Brown was a head coach there for a while. Um, so, so he had, he had experience around him. Um, I'm trying to find the assistant. Okay. So here, uh, but yeah. I'm looking at this first year, and believe it or not, none of these guys had head coaching experience, although Luke Walton eventually became a head coach. Um, but he surrounded himself around guys that have that uh, coaching experience. Uh, with Does that make sense? Like, I feel like I'm just talking in circles, so I'm going to talk it back. It,
1: it totally makes sense. Um, and that's why a, a potential hiring of Nate McMillan would be – I think it would be huge for this coaching staff because you're basically getting, <laughs> you're, you're getting a head coach, a guy who deserves, I'm going to say deserves to be a head coach in the league and Nate McMillan. I don't think Indiana should have gotten rid of Nate McMillan. I thought he was doing a great job. Um, but you're getting a, a guy who has the capability of being a head coach uh, right next to a guy who's never coached in the league before. Um, I will ask you this. I, one thing that I haven't seen anywhere yet, what do you think the contract for Silas is like? I think it's a, a four-year deal. Okay. Um, I was going to ask if it was four or five. I don't think it was three years. I think three would have just been ridiculous. But I was wondering if you thought it would be four or five. I think it's going to be four because that has – simply
0: been the norm with mm-hmm. um that that's been the norm with coaches um in rockets in Rock- tenure like every Jeff Van Gundy got four years uh Adelman got four years McHale got four years in his first deal he got an extension the only one to get an extension out of the post Rudy T coaches and then uh D'Antoni got four. So I'd expect Silas to also get four um you know, whether or not he makes it to year four, I'd assume he does. Um, this is, like, I'd hope that, for all we hope, we hope that this guy is is the next Greg Popovich isn't here for the rest of his career. Like, that's that's the that's the hope, is that you get a guy that uh, can be the best. And I, I think that Silas has that potential. I'm not going to say he's the next Spolstra. I'm not going to say he's the next Popovich, but... You know, I hope that I, I hope that Silas gets his first NBA championship in Houston. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, I th- yeah, I'm with you on four years. Money wise, it's probably around 10 million. I would say. Um, I do want to read a tweet very recently of Luka Doncic that did say, "Well deserved" on the news of of Stephen Silas becoming the next head coach of our beloved Houston Rockets.
0: Mark Cuban also tweeted out, congrats,
1: Coach Silas. Who said that? Mark Cuban. Yeah. This in – in the world of social media, I don't want to read too much into stuff like that, but I do think it's important to note that those types of guys don't have to say those things. And the fact that they did does show that he was a well-respected part of that organization. And I will say this as well. Not a lot of people are talking about the contract – but much more importantly, this move, while being a good move on its own for the Rockets, for the, this also hurts an in-division rival in the Dallas Mavericks. Let's not give... Obviously not the reason
0: why you hire um, a coach like that. But, yes, I- I'm not totally ignoring the fact that the Dallas Mavericks lost one of their best coaches.
1: Yeah, and... And people will say, well, he's not the head coach. But if you look at an organization, right, your coordinators are just as important and in some aspects much more important than your head coach because they're impacting the game each and every play if they're play callers, right? Steven Silas has been called the offensive coach of that Mavericks team, leading the offense historically to historic numbers, just like you noted. So while not m- most important, this does hurt the Dallas Mavericks, which is never a terrible thing, <laughs> you know? So we'll see. But overall, I mean, a great ending to a, a pretty crappy first start to the day. hmm
0: I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Harden My Take. Be sure to uh, head to our Twitter account at SBN for all the things latest on Steven Silas, all things on Daryl Morey heading to Philadelphia. Our episodes next week will talk more about Steven Silas and a little bit more about Daryl Morey because that's something that did happen today that we don't just want to, you know, push away for a while. We definitely will be discussing that on our next episode uh, coming out Monday, November the 2nd. So... Be sure to uh, not miss a single episode of Harden My Take. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us those downloads. We appreciate your support, uh, episode in and episode out. And I also appreciate your support, Mr. Co-Pilot Michael Brown. Drop your Twitter and give your final thoughts on the Silas hire to the listeners.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at UHBigRedHatGuy. uh big red hat guy. Last final thoughts. Um, excited, excited, nervous, um, really intrigued to see how he can impact James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And if he's still here, Eric Gordon, uh, and make them even better players than they are currently. Um, but a great, a good day for, for Red Nation.
0: Yes. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And until next time go rock